Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. Welcome, family and friends. I'm Dan. That's my boy Mike. What up? We're here to talk. Man, it's already week three. Like, it's done. It's in the books. A quarter of the season's done, man, and I'm not okay with that. (laughs) It's going so fast. I'm not okay with this. Well, there is a lot of football to talk and not a lot of time to do it. Uh, so let's get let's get jumping in. And uh, as we do, thank you guys for listening in and, and making Pandemonium Reigns a part of your day on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Forgive us for not being with you yesterday. Life got in the way, but that's okay because we're here on a Tuesday. What's better than Tuesday? Tuesday with Pandemonium Reigns. Last Friday, Florida State played at Louisville and squeaked out a 35-31 win uh, over the Cardinals. But it came at a cost. Yes, it did. I I can't help but think of The Avengers, which I believe you have recently watched these movies now. I have. I'm all the way caught up on Marvel, baby. He's all the way caught up, people. Um, I can't think of of the line uh, with Thanos. What did it cost? Costed everything. Jordan Travis. Uh, Not entirely sure yet, but it doesn't look good doesn't sound good the tweets don't sound good nothing sounds good uh but in steps this rotomaker right tight rotomaker tight. Name. well that's a that's a that's a backwoods uh, of course what, what should him be like from california valdosta <laughs> uh i know that you got to catch some of this game talk to me a little bit what stuck out what's uh, i mean we're, we're essentially talking about in, in florida state a team kind of surprising the world a little bit right now, a team that looks to be on the up and up, but again, uh, has, has an injury that, that cost them a lot. Uh, so what yeah. did you, what'd you say out of those guys Friday night? Yeah. Funny game. Um, didn't watch all of this one, but did watch some of it. Um, and started off hot. I mean, 14 apiece after one, that's a, that's a, that's a heck of a start to a game. Yeah. Got quiet in the middle of the game, second, third quarter, just seven points apiece, And then had FSU coming back. 14 to 10 in the fourth quarter outscoring the Cardinals of Louisville. But man, I was, I was, I was hurt for Florida state when Travis went down and, and seeing that the way that he went down did look bad. Yeah. Um, did look bad. I didn't see the injury with verse and that's a huge cost as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just Travis is looking at his didn't look good. And Rotomaker, however you pronounce that name, didn't look good <laughs> from the start either, but he really turned around in that, later in that game mm-hmm. and they pull out a win man i mean yeah. looking at their gosh their top two backs or their top two ball carriers excuse me you have ward 10 for a for a buck 26 mm-hmm. and then you got benson with 10 for 70 um only came out with 189 as a team rushing but mm-hmm. dude that's that's not bad and then the two quarterbacks combined for 266 and just enough to get that win against louisville yeah, I'm glad you're throwing out some stats because what immediately jumps off to me is Malik Cunningham. Are you kidding me? 21 for 34, 243 yards, a pick and uh, a touchdown, but also carried it for 17 times for 127 yards and two scores. The dude has a uh, a future on Sundays. Would he you really agree? does. I yeah. would agree, man. Somebody's going to want him and they're going to look at maybe his predecessor and say that we can get good football out of him in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, real excited for Florida State and and what they are doing currently in the f- college football landscape. 
prayers and 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 well wishes up for Jordan Travis. Hope he hope he can make a return. Uh, doesn't look good. Uh, best wishes to Tate Rotomaker out of Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, just throwing this in there real quick. He was six for ten, a, a buck nine. That's a good for a QB rating of, of eighty-five point four. You know what? It was good enough to get the job done, and that's all that matters. Absolutely. Uh, so just kind of moving along in time here. You know, nobody <clears throat> nobody care, really cares about the other Friday night game uh, with Wyoming Air Force. So we're going to jump to noon on Saturday and listen. It seems like it's Georgia at the top and just everybody else. The way that it used to be with Alabama. Yeah. I um this makes this this makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. Um if it wasn't South Carolina, I would be very, very sick potentially about the outcome of this game. But as I've mentioned, it's a real shame that Shane Beamer's squad took this one <laughs> on the chin like that. It's a real shame. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this, y'all. Uh, Spencer Rattler, 13 for 25, 118, no scores, two picks. Good for a QBR of 26.2. What's what's crazy enough, and I know we're going to get there, is there is a worse QBR rating over the weekend. <laughs> I can't wait to get there. Can't either. But, but, but so I'm watching this game, and it's the top of the third quarter, and there's about an eighth of the fans of South Carolina left in Williams-Brice. They are – gone they were done with this and bro all i could all i could think of was this tiktok that i had seen earlier in the week from this spurs up podcast or something like that and he was he was on the internet saying don't let us hang around this game we are crazy enough to win it do not let us hang around and georgia was like okay (laughs) (laughs) okay we We don't care (laughs) we we won't let you hang around if that if it's that easy I, and we don't care. <laughs> I mean, exactly. So, listen, something else that I want to say, uh, in addition to Georgia, you know, you and I going into this season, we probably would have both agreed to put Bryce Young as the best quarterback in this conference. Absolutely. I was perhaps too strong with my praise of Bryce. Okay. Well, I mean, his Heisman season was pretty convincing. Uh, we probably both would have put Hendon second. Homerism would have pulled that. Yep. Yep. Our, we, I mean, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. We probably both would have put KJ at third. Love that. Love that there. Yep. And then we were probably putting Stetson fourth or fifth. Dude, yes. there is an argument that he's the best quarterback in the conference right now. He's playing like the best quarterback in the conference. And, you know, I guess my gut, I just, I don't expect a guy that I'm not going to say struggles. That's too strong. Because he's played well. I mean, they won a national championship, and he didn't play bad in that game. Mm -hmm. But someone that's been kind of as game manager as he's been, um, with what he's lacked passing at times, and and also here's on this that they're drawing up plays, and he's just able to – I mean, he's he's throwing kind of like Joe Milton to Walker Merrill and Ramel Keaton late in the Akron game. Mm -hmm. But, But he's delivering the ball as it needs to be. Um, He's keeping plays alive better than I think ever with his legs. Yeah. He's playing superb right now. Yeah. Dude is, dude is balling out. Did did you know that he led Georgia in rushing in this game? Only, only because I just glanced at these stats a moment ago and, and that's wild, but also 
welcome to the, the modern game of football, Georgia, I guess. <laughs> Something else that jumps off to me is, so aside from Stetson Bennett, three carries, 36 yards, Edwards, four for 33, Milton, 10 for 32, Robinson, six for 32, Beck, for 20, uh, two for 25. I mean, they just, they didn't have any dudes. They had Milton carry 10 times. And he he only he only accounted for thirty two yards, but they were just like, all right, you get some, you get some. Here we'll hand it to you, we'll hand it to you, because ultimately they can't stop us. I mean, they ended up with more than two hundred yards on the ground. I, as of right now, I don't I don't know who can beat Georgia. They just look you. they look that good. And for South Carolina, lucky for them, they get to host Charlotte next week and then turn around to host. SC State before they travel to Kentucky, so maybe they'll get some things figured out. But I mean, any any other comments on Georgia other than just good, good goal, good gosh, dude! Like they're they're ridiculously good. Yeah, and, and don't quote me on this, but it, it feels like excuse me, Brock Bowers has had a slightly slower start to this season, and he said, "I'm I'm done with that." And yeah, I mean, he he was borderline the best athlete on the field when he was on the field yeah he was phenomenal yeah um just respect to him and honestly respect to Stetson Bennett because I didn't think he had play at this level in his in his ability so yeah nothing more for me oh actually I did think of one other thing yep um something that stuck with me all offseason is SEC Mike on Twitter Michael Bratton um Mm -hmm. predicted Carolina and he's owned up to this but he predicted Carolina to win this game and be a real threat to Georgia and I feel like we've a lot of us have just seen through this one all the way, man. Uh, Not a believer. I, I mean, you, you need more than Spencer Rattler and a transfer tight end. You just absolutely. You, it just means more. You just need more. They're they're just they're just not good right now. Um, hopefully, they will stay not good. You know who else is on the surprise? I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw a name at you. Um, something uh, I don't know. A little bit surprising to me. JJ McCarthy up in Michigan. Yeah. Dude was listen, I get it. They played UConn. I get it. They won 59 to nothing. I get it. But the dude, listen, he was 15 for 18. He only had three incompletions. He didn't throw any, he didn't throw any picks. He didn't throw any scores. But he was good for 214 yards. Listen, three incomplete passes. That's that's solid. And it seems to be his job. It's it seems like the competition is over. Yeah. The competition is over, it sounds like. Um, and it sounds like McNamara is going to be out for a few weeks is what I feel like I've heard coming out of that game as well. Um, and this should be exciting for Michigan because I think his ceiling is just obviously much higher than Cade McNamara's. Not that he's a bad quarterback or a bad player, but mm-hmm. you need a guy that can if, – if you have a dual threat and he can throw the ball accurately and he can get it down the field, I think that's where you go, and J.J. is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, hoping, hoping he can get some things rolling and, and – or I guess keep it rolling and upset – and Ohio State down the road. Well, Absolutely. let's get back to the disappointing side of things. Nebraska. Woof, <laughs> woof, woof, woof. Uh, so I, I texted you, and I said, hey, man, these guys look physical. They look excited to play. And I go back, and I check the score, and the bottom has fallen out. Nebraska loses 49-14 to 14 hosting Oklahoma in – I just it's to the point where I just kind of feel bad for these guys. I definitely do. And I didn't watch much. I didn't watch any of this game. I saw some highlights. I've seen some stats, but goodness gracious, they're so lost. And I just hate how lost they are, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. Uh, Oklahoma looks good. Uh, a very familiar name to Tennessee fans. Eric Gray was 11 carries, 113 yards. I don't know that he's had a 100-yard game since transferring to Oklahoma. I don't believe he has. He's been a little underwhelming there. I'm not going to knock him, but he, you would have thought he would have done more with the weapons around him. And I think perhaps he's just now starting to break out there. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, if uh, I know that we talked a little bit about this on a, on a previous show, but if you're Nebraska – at this point, what are you doing? I, I mean, I know it's an old question, but we're revisiting, but it, it, it feels warranted. What do you do? Who are you calling? What are you doing? I, I, I don't know. I feel like they're just in the stages of despair at this point. I'm with you. Um, just brutal scenario. And I didn't think we could get much lower than scenarios we've seen Tennessee be in and some of the SEC programs that have been down. I mean, Arkansas a couple of years ago before Pittman. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you could get much lower than that, but at least when you're in SEC country, you're going to attract big names anytime there's a vacancy, mm-hmm. and you've got four- and five-star and good three-star players within a stone's throw of, of your campus. So mm-hmm. it, it really makes life difficult when you're out in the Midwest. You don't have the, the conference ties to the states of Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. <laughs> well... Nebraska, we have no answers for you. <laughs> that's that's some solid content because we got nothing. We got absolutely nothing. So, I'm so stumped. I, it, it seems bigger than uh, a head coaching problem. It, yeah. feel, it feels like administration. It feels like conference alignment. It, it it's, it's not a good day. It's not a good season to be a Nebraska fan. All right, let's shift back down to the southeast. Listen, had I told you that Kentucky was going to be, at the end of one, scoreless against Youngstown State and only up 21 nothing at the end of the half, you would have said... Same old Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said Levis probably has three or four picks right now, and I know we only threw two for the game. But... <sighs> You know, I'm I'm just realizing more and more that if if the NFL decision makers view a kid as a top ten prospect because of his body and his build, sometimes it means he's very average in college football. And and heck, these NFL decision makers may still take that chance on Levis. They may still take that chance on Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. But talk about two guys that are leaving a lot to be desired. Will Levis no different? Yeah, he's just a turnover machine. He is and. That feels like one of the greatest attributes that would transfer from college to pro. I mean, if, if you can't be clean with the ball against mm-hmm. Youngstown State, mm-hmm. and he threw picks all year last year against teams like Youngstown State. Yeah. What's he going to do with the speed of the NFL defenses? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes they just make that leap. They they make the jump to the NFL and – Sometimes a, a switch just flips, uh, say like an Arian Foster, who had a pretty, well, I don't want to say an average career at Tennessee, but had a much better pro career, obviously, than he did a, yeah. a college career. And there's not really too many more names that I can think of. But you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I know it's happened, but sometimes it just it just happens. But you know what? It sure be a shame if it didn't, bro. It'd just be a darn tootin' shame. <laughs> I mean, it would. And, and I know that the coaches and the pros are in the pros for a reason. And 
you don't have coaches like that in college all the time. But, right. uh, man, I just talk about not seeing it with a guy, Will Levis. I mean, he's he's got the ideal build, right? What did, I mean, what yes. did we say his his build is? Let's see if I can't find this real quick. The dude's 6'3", 230, all right? And he can run. He can obviously sling it. He can't sling it like Joe Milton, but he can sling it. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting to follow his pro career and see what kind of unfolds for them. Um, but you know what? Overall, an underwhelming performance against a Youngstown State. Don't know much about them other than they're not even a group five. And they're the Penguins. So <laughs> that's cool. Hey, let's travel west. We're kind of ripping these off currently. We'll get to some exciting ones here shortly. I don't know if you saw the locker room celebration that happened in uh, Los Angeles, California, after the Bruins upset <laughs> South Alabama. I don't know if you saw this, but it, it's as if they won the natty. Listen, I don't know if you <laughs> – UCLA escapes South Alabama by one point, 32-31. There was nobody. And this feels like the most dep depressing episode of Pandemonium Reigns thus far. Uh, so if you're traveling with us on a Tuesday morning and you're driving to work and you're dreading work, you might want to turn this episode off because it feels <laughs> very sad. Okay. UCLA, that was, that was just pathetic. I mean, pathetic. If you haven't seen this, you've got to go Google image this. You got to go YouTube it. But brother, there's nobody there. And you need to go then YouTube the celebration of UCLA. I'm telling you, it's like they just won the cotton picket Super Bowl. <laughs> but you know what dorian thompson bowling or whatever his name is i said thompson bowling um <laughs> he was <laughs> dorian thompson robinson uh, goodness he was 20 for 30 263 three scores and it was just good enough to beat south alabama and the jaguars did you see any of this only um, only in-game highlights from other action that I was watching, you know, when somebody would miss a field goal and keep the other team alive. And just what a sad game indeed. Sadness yeah. Bowl, maybe, yeah. of the season so far if it's not Nebraska. Yeah. Um, because of that celebration that you're talking about, just woof. Yeah. Hey, they, they held the mighty Jaguars of South Alabama throw us in the fourth. Does that count for anything? No, no, <laughs> no, no, definitely. No, absolutely there. not. <laughs> yeah. What, what an unfortunate event, man. I can't believe football, college football is so dead in Los Angeles. Honestly, I know. that tweet from Troy Aikman. Oh yes. Yeah. You're have to, uh, can you, uh, can you recall it by chance? The, um, he was referencing in 1988 when they were number one and yeah. they couldn't, they couldn't fill the Rose Bowl then. And, saying that it's time for a 30,000-seat stadium on campus instead of the Rose Bowl. But he said he said the magic words, if you're not playing any better than they did on Saturday, you're not filling up 15,000. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Goodness. No doubt. Uh, and, I, and I hate to get, get a little bit out of order here because we're kind of working our way through time, but what an underwhelming performance for a team headed to the Big Ten as opposed to a Washington who handled a Michigan State who's dang good inside of that conference. Do we want to go ahead and jump to that one? Let's, Let's jump to that one. Let's that was a good, that was a crazy game. And and again, I didn't watch a ton of it um at this point, not to jump into our orange cast for the weekend, but 
I was still dealing with some Cedric Tillman related concerns and some nausea from that. So, you know, my night was up in flux, (laughs) but I did catch parts of this game and it was really entertaining. I'm still surprised at how, just how well Washington played and, and kind of ran away with that game at times. Bro, Michael Penix Jr. was 24 for 40, 397 yards and four touchdowns. Good for a 39-28 victory over the Spartans. Uh, I only caught the last little bit of this, but what I did, and when I did, I should say, the Spartan sideline looked defeated. And if you're needing some entertainment, maybe a laugh to pick you up from this kind of, you know, (laughs) ho-hum Pandemonium Reigns podcast so far, go look at Mel Tucker's comments from this game. Oh, yeah. Um, Or, excuse me, from his post- from his from his press relations today not safe for this podcast you won't catch me saying these those words in front of mom and everyone (laughs) okay so um let me go ahead and find the sensor button uh let's see if we can find this real quick and i I just need you to like you know give us an idea of what mel tucker said just 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 for funsies okay penny walker cover your ears (laughs) go ahead he said Yes, I took that loss personally. That was the question he was asked. I'm a horse bleep coach yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was my excellent bleep button skills right on time. Mel Tucker was some strong words. But anyway, so kind of coming back to this UCLA thing, they're the ones headed to the Big Ten, right? And that's just – I don't know. I don't have words for it. Just I mean – Money ruining this sport. That's it, man. Just money ruining this sport. You're exactly right because uh, I remember being shortly after high school. You know what? This might have been Lane Kiffin's year, uh, Tennessee traveling to UCLA, and that being a pretty ruckus crowd, That was if I remember That was right. a good environment. Yeah. Actually, 08. They came to town in 09. That's 08. right. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, yep. good environment. Good environment. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't understand how college football fell so hard in 15, 10 years. I don't, I don't get it. And I know USC and the tumble they took after Pete Carroll had a lot to do with it, I'm sure. But yeah, goodness, man, just woof. Yeah. Well, UCLA avoids the Group Five upset, and so does Virginia. This one caught both uh, of our attention. Uh, that's not a correct way of saying that. That's not proper English, but whatever. You get the point. Virginia, okay, so they were down 16-13 to 13 very late into this game where their quarterback, uh, Armstrong, Brennan Armstrong, puts together one heck of a drive in order for Virginia to be able to kick a field goal towards the end of regulation and avoid the Old Dominion upset, unlike a Virginia Tech. What – I bring this up because does this not feel like 2007? It feels it feels so much like 2007. I mean, yeah. Hey, if if there's not a better indicator of 2007, look at what Kansas is doing. Three and zero. Oh, taking what down a, West Virginia. Taking what a down. Point. And we'll talk about this game. Yeah. Talk, taking out West Virginia. Taking out Houston. Yeah. I mean, feels like 07, baby. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um. Oh, I don't know what to make of this Virginia team. They've had some decent years of late, and mm-hmm. I know Bronco Mendenhall had some things to do with that, and I know sure. uh, they had a. Is it Bryce Ramsey? Is that the quarterback's name? I don't know why that comes to mind. They had a really fun quarterback just a couple years ago. Um, and they've taken a tumble. There's a reason that coaches leave and things mm-hmm. like that. And Tony Ellett's never been a head coach before. I know all those things. But, yeah, 
boy, they these Virginia teams need to learn their lesson about scheduling Old Dominion, man. <laughs> I know that's a, 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 a you know a, prox, a close proximity team. Yeah, learn your lesson, my guys. Learn yeah. your lesson. Yeah, I mean Tony Elliott is not off to the greatest of starts. Uh, he's got a win over Richmond, got thumped by Illinois, and now escaped Old Dominion by the skin of his teeth. I do have to wonder if Tony Ella is on the sideline on Saturday going, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Also like a Marcus Freeman, which congratulations to Marcus Freeman. Hate it for Notre Dame, but congratulations to Marcus Freeman. Notre Dame gets their first win of the season. The first of Marcus Freeman's career in beating Cal, a not good Pac-12 team by seven they're wagga 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 they're bad Goodness. they yeah. are they are bad you know there's another sadness bowl candidate not not like the ucla crowd or the nebraska losses that they've taken but yeah um you know i didn't didn't again didn't have many eyes from the walker household on this game but i was told by some friends that there was a bogus offsides call on cal that was on fourth down. Notre picked up. It allowed Notre Dame to pick up a first down that led to a touchdown instead of a field goal, and it played a big difference in that game. I mean, these are the reasons that we hate Notre Dame. We've we've stated our like and our feelings towards Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, what maybe what this will result in is him getting out of there yeah. and then working back towards a more likable job in the future because that place sucks. Yes. You know, you and I have always thrived on what if conversations, you know, what if this or what if that, or you're some hypotheticals. If you could uproot a Marcus Freeman and put him anywhere, where might you land him? That's a fantastic question. Well, thank you. I'm full of them. You are full of them. (laughs) Um, You know, I know there's the Ohio State roots. Yeah. I know there's the time there at Notre Dame. Um, But I, I, what I want in my heart is I want I want those old Big 12 teams and those old Pac-12 teams. Maybe maybe somewhere like an Arizona State that's opening up okay. as we speak. Okay. Um, yeah. Or you know somewhere there in the Big 12. And and I know that again it's not like the roots that he has in his experience so far, whether it's his playing days or his assistant coach days. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe one of those places, man, because feels like you could you could bring some dudes to Arizona State out there. Um, did not work out for Herm Edwards, and I know there was probably a lot of questions back to day one for Herm Edwards being hired out there, but yeah, um, maybe a spot like that, man, because you know, we're getting a little bit of I'm going to use air quotes here for those mm-hmm. listening and not watching parody. Um, but yeah. really, what we're getting is a lot of upsets because I think the middle to lower class of head coaches in the sport is in shambles. Do you think it has anything to do with the standard that a Nick Saban has set, that a Kirby Smart has set? I 100% do. Um, And I think you've got a lot of schools that are saying, oh, yeah, we're good. Forget that. We're going to be great. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it for us anymore. Um, You know, here's here's the door. Here's your buyout. Go do it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And, Man, uh, something else that I think we're learning lessons about galore is stability and what it ma- what it means, man. And I know you can do things in the transfer portal that you couldn't do a decade ago or five years ago. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times those short term fixes don't work. Yeah. They don't. Um, You're right. It's a reason why I thought you know why I gave Nebraska props for sticking with Scott Frost through some of those losses mm-hmm. that they took. But you know, stability matters. 
And gosh, I just I don't know what's up with I don't know why so many teams are are so quick to pull the trigger on coaches. I hear you. I think it's because they have a unrealistic standard on their program. I mean, we've done it. We have done it. We've done it. So uh, moving forward into the 2007 uh, 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 lens, Tulane goes into Manhattan, Kansas, and upsets Kansas State. Now, here, here's a stat that absolutely just pops off for me. Adrian Martinez, Nebraska transfer, matter of fact, 21 for 31. That's great in the completion attempt. Well, not great, but that's really good in the completion attempt world. But it's only good for 150 yards? 150 yards. How, how man? That's 4.8. Your average. That That's terrible. That's QBR. That's... Below 45, 41.3. Yeah. No turnovers, it looks like, um, or no interceptions, I'll say. ESPN's not showing me if there was a fumble necessarily right here. Um, Deuce Vaughn held the, you know, 4.1 per carry, but 20 carries for 81 yards, no touchdowns. What mm-hmm. a, what was this other than 2007? I'm telling you. What was this? There just has to be something in the air. That's the only thing that I can think of because these these upsets, these these things that are happening. And listen, I think Kansas State is a solid football team right now. Uh, contenders, contenders, and not not champions in that conference, but contenders in that conference. So I just, I just, I have no idea. I have no idea, which leads segues well because something else I have no idea on is is who Oregon is. Man, and I know that we both, if I'm not mistaken, I know that I was all but saying BYU is going to walk in there and take this game. Yep. And Oregon said, absolutely no, you're not. We both predicted um, it. I was thinking we both did. I mean, talk about laying it, laying it to a good, good scrappy BYU team. Yep. We, we mentioned our, the lock that we have for their squad, their players, and Kalani Sataki there at BYU. Yep. And and Oregon just wasn't having it, man. I mean, y- yes, you got you got the good version of Bo Nix, and that's big. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to have the good version of Bo Nix against any competition. But talk about really, really, you know, popping my eyes wide open here with this result. Yeah, I, I can't figure out who these guys are. You know, by, by week three, we've got a pretty good idea on a Georgia. We've got a pretty good idea on, on a number of programs across the country. Oregon, I just I just have no idea. Not a, not a dang clue. But continuing with the most depressing episode in, in Pandemonium Reigns, um, how do I say this? You want disappointment? You want sadness? You want brokenheartedness? Feel like I'm setting up for our sponsor, um, you know, or like for our first commercial. <laughs> you want these things, then you need to travel to the plains of Auburn, Alabama, right now because they just got thumped, forty-one to twelve. And one of our special guests <laughs> on the show, Tyler, Auburn fan, could not have been more wrong. Penn State. It was the game felt like a a snake that wraps itself around you and just kind of slowly chokes the life out of you until you you just until you're just sucking wind and and you can't find anything. Listen, at the end of the half it was fourteen six. Uh, Penn State goes in to score seventeen in the third. I, I mean. 
they're bad. Gosh, they're bad. They are so – T.J. Finley, it might be time to pull the rug out from underneath that guy and say, listen, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose because Robbie, Af- Rob- Robbie Ashford or whatever his name is. Completely agree. Um, watching that game, I, I don't know what they want to do on offense. I really don't. I know you got Tank Bigsby, um, but you didn't even let him carry the ball ten times, and maybe there was something there that I missed. I don't know. Um, you got him – two additional touches on on receptions. I do I don't like TJ Finley. I'm rolling Robbie Ashford all day long. He's fun to watch. Yeah. But I still don't know what they want to do offensively. Um and defensively, I know what it's like to, to watch a team play against a James Franklin coach team. It's yeah. death by a thousand cuts. Um mm-hmm. he's content if he can get if he can pick up three yards per play mm-hmm. and and have fourth and short, he'll go for it. If he can pick up just enough for a first down, he's fine with that. Yep. And this looks like a classic James Franklin coach team and just you don't want to get beat by 30 at home to that team. Absolutely. Keeping on the topic of Penn State real quick, they have a true freshman running back. If you don't follow recruiting, dude was number one running back in, in the country coming out. He was 10 for 124. Last name Singleton. Two scores and a long run of 54. He He looks special. He really does. And Something about those Penn State running backs, man. I mean, talk you. about, gosh, Saquon getting back to his old form, it looks like, this year. Yeah. Um, and Nick Singleton looks like the next one in line, being a freshman, and uh-huh. he doesn't he, he doesn't care. He plays like a veteran. I am telling you what. Telling you what. Anyway, bad day to be a Cornhusker, bad day to be an Irish, bad day to be an Auburn Tiger. Bad season, I should say, actually. Yeah. Hey, how about little brother, though? Let's – Let's get some positivity up in this episode. Little brother Vanderbilt travels up north to wherever northern Illinois is and upsets the Huskies. Vanderbilt looks at Vegas and says, bump that. We're better than the two-and-a-half-point spread. We'll beat them by 10. I need you to comment on this game in one word. One word would be, what? (laughs) You go up to the unfriendly confines of Northern Illinois and the Huskies with a freshman quarterback? Where's Mike Wright? That's my what? <laughs> my goodness. Good for Vanderbilt. Good for those guys. And what was the most exciting ending of the entire weekend? Appalachian State and Troy. I meant to send you a video earlier. It's a video of some um, – sorority girls at Troy uh, recording themselves on the final play of this game and they're all hooting and hollering and squealing squealing is probably a proper word and until this dude this receiver for Appy State catches this ball out of freaking nowhere turns the corner and scores that might be the funniest thing listen why I know that Troy and Appalachian State are in the conference and they play regularly, but if you're a power five school, why are you still scheduling these guys? Buy out of this game now. <laughs> Buy out of it now. Never play them. Never do it. I mean, get out. Get how much longer serious conversation here? How much longer before they are in a ACC or possibly who <laughs> geography doesn't mean anything anymore so a big 12 something like yeah. that you know I, I, that popped in my head just before you asked it and i think the one thing that could hold them back is is the size of that stadium 
Um, you know, you're not going to get many eyes in there. It doesn't have a huge no, – it doesn't hold a, num- a great number of people. Not listen, that that matters, as UCLA is proving. Well, I was going to say, listen, Vanderbilt listeners are out there, so be careful. You might hurt their feelings. I don't know if they are. I don't know if they exist. Sorry, okay. guys. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, they belong. I think they belong because I had big question marks when they jumped from the Southern Conference and the FCS level mm-hmm. to the Sun Belt. I was thinking, why would you do that? Yeah. You're running the gambit down there. You're, you're winning championships. Why, yeah. why do that? Yeah. Because it usually doesn't bode well when teams make that move. They said, we don't care. We don't yeah. care. Absolutely. Uh, they, if They're legit and they're fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. And they're solid and they've proved to remain solid no matter who is head coach, no matter who's at quarterback, no, no matter whose name is on the back of the jersey. They just turn out to be really dang good. If, if you are a um, – conference oh my gosh president whatever it is uh commissioner forgive me are you are you are you trying to get these guys inside of your conference if you're a big 12 if you're atlantic coast if you're a pac 12 because again geography doesn't matter anymore <laughs> yeah dude i'm 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 vetting this thing man i'm 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 looking into it you know are they interested we can make something happen i mean seriously i'm looking into it if i'm the acc and the big 12 Absolutely. i don't think they're I think they're still several universities away from like an SEC, but they beat Texas A&M last week in college nation, so <laughs> maybe not. And and almost upset a North Carolina seriously by the hair on their chinny chin chin. It was it was that close. Yes, it was. Oh. All right, let's move on in what's known as the revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I've talked to some Bama fans. They, they weren't happy with this. They were not happy with this performance. And I just I have I have one question for you, okay? No jokes jokes aside, serious, okay. serious question. How many picks did Bryce Young throw? Did he throw two of them? Two of them things. Because, you know, Tua threw two of them in the NFL yesterday, just like <laughs> his old ways. So, <laughs> love to see it. I, you won 63 to 7. You know what? You won 63 to 7. (laughs) What else do you want against a a not bad group five school? I mean, yeah. You won 63 to (laughs) 7. That's all I know to say. Yeah. I mean, revenge secured. I mean, good grief. (laughs) Let it go. Yeah, there's concerns. Like, I I get it. Like, you, you, you need that deep threat. I mean, you're not yeah. the same without that deep threat. So, yeah. like, you got to get that figured out and you do it like during games, which is not ideal, but mm-hmm. I'm betting on them figuring it out, aren't you? I, I mean, if history is any kind of indicator, they're going to figure it out. They're going like to figure it out. Seems like they will. Well, because nobody cares about Alabama today, we're going to, we're going to keep things on the positive side and not talk about those guys. Kansas. Kansas? I know we've mentioned this already, but listen, so before we go into Kansas, uh, if I saw this right, this is the first time in history, in college football history, that Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Indiana, uh, I want to say there's another basketball school, all 3-0. and First time in history. Unbelievable. I mean, Whoa. this sport's been around forever. That's that's unbelievable, truly. Um. And I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Uh, Jalen Daniels. Yeah. I mean, slinging it around three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, 123 rushing and two more touchdowns. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, all I can think about so far watching Houston and seeing their scores and their highlights is when we looked at 247's top 10 offensive projections and they were like way up there, um, mm-hmm. Houston that is. And I get mm-hmm. it. I, I get it. I get what they have returning and and that they usually don't face much defense. I get all those factors. But, again, Kansas didn't care. I mean, talk about the middle to lower class of coaches. I think mm-hmm. one reason that that's kind of broken is because guys like Lance Leupold don't necessarily get their chance until – you know, I don't know how old he is, but he's he's not, you know, he's not Dan Landing's age. I mean, he's not. Oh yeah, Josh Hopple's age. He's an right. older coach. Yeah, and talk about a guy that can coach the football, man. I mean, I, has Kansas doing some things? I'm telling you. Listen, I hate I hate to bust it, the Kansas fans out there. I hate to bust your chops, but this is his last year there. <laughs> That's probably right. <laughs> That's probably right because I mean, there's so many op- There's gonna be so many openings. There are so Arizona State's already open. And Nebraska's open. You 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 have a uh, a blue blood in Nebraska, and you've got you've got Arizona State, which has a lot of potential to be something. The conference realignment is going to kind of determine, you know, the future of an Arizona State. But I, I don't care. Leopold, Leopold, however you say his name, this is his last year in Kansas. I mean, yeah. he's he's already done too much. They're three and zero, and Kansas just doesn't do this. Listen, they're no. gonna ha- they're gonna have to bottom out from here, in order for him to not be considered for another job. And what's really interesting is they travel or they host Duke on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, a bit of an uproar about College Game Day not going there for that. I'm telling you, I I I I have no words. What what is what is happening to our sport? The basketball powers uh, overtaking the the gridiron. Listen, hey, good for Kansas. You know, it's a weird day in college football when a good Kansas State loses to a Tulane and Kansas goes and handles a, a Houston, who's not bad. But I don't know if you saw this either, bro. So there's a clip of a Houston player coming to the sideline and immediately shoving another player, and they get into a get into a scrap. Is I have one question: Is Dana Holgerson still there? At Houston? Yes. He is. Okay. So, confirmed. They have culture problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they have culture problems. And it's simply because Dana Holgerson is, is still at the head. But listen, uh, Houston seemed to kind of self-implode there. But, uh, hey, good for good for Kansas. I mean, if anybody can, Kansas, I'm trying to think of something witty to say, <laughs> and it's, it's just not there. Hey, here's a game that nobody's talking about. You and I haven't even mentioned this. Liberty losing by one to Wake Forest. Why did um, this I, not catch our attention? It must have been the timing thing is all I can think of. Um, because, you know, the day gets away from you. Saturdays get away from you because there's – so far this season, there's been good action all mm-hmm. day long on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I wish I wish that I had recorded this game or I wish I was kind of watching it as we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, some names that – <laughs> that everyone knows. I mean, mm-hmm. Hartman at Wake Forest, um, a name that's going to resonate with Tennessee fans is Keaton Salter. Um, I mean, what could have been with a guy like that, you know? Not Tennessee's fault, and he's a young kid. You know, young kids do dumb things, but what a game, man. I wish I could watch this. I'm going to have to go back and find this game because 37-36, I mean, that's incredible. Listen, fans, listen to this. 
Sam Hartman was the leading rusher for Wake Forest. Eight carries, 11 yards. The next best was some kid named Turner. Seven carries, five yards. The next best after that was Ellison. Seven carries, four yards. Cooley, one carry, four yards. (laughs) That's so bad. Hartman with a whopping 1.4 per carry. (laughs) That's leading the team. Um, gosh, dude, they were they were twenty six for twenty. Oh my gosh, claw fence, man. They were twenty six for twenty one in rushing. But listen, hey, hey, keeping keeping the positive here on Pandemonium Reigns. Congratulations to Sam Hartman on not only a return but a return and a win. Good for him. That is the most gaudy rushing numbers I think I have ever seen, and you won. You rushed for 21 yards and you won compared to a Liberty who who totaled 39 carries for 172 yards. I mean, was Liberty just like, uh, we don't want the ball punt. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know, here, here's the ball, whatever. I, I we're, I'm going to have to go back and see the highlights on this because those, those Same. statistics are just what. Hey, another guy that can coach, man, you freeze. I'm not saying anything other than the dude can, he can coach. And I'm also not going to judge Wake Forest for this score. A lot of times I would, would judge a team for this. It's it's Hugh Freeze and Liberty. They're kind of established. I ain't going to judge you for that yet. Okay. All right. So you just triggered a thought. Hugh Freeze to Lincoln? I would do it 100%. 100 times out of 100. If you can get Hugh Freeze, I'm doing it. Um, Man, I, I think you go offense. And I think oh, yeah. you can coach the heck out of football, period. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't care necessarily what he was doing to get players to Ole Miss. I just don't. Well, then you because, don't have any morals. And I, and I don't have morals, <laughs> folks. I don't have morals. The morals for me are earned in the win-loss column. Um, and if you're cheating and losing, we call you Jeremy Pruitt. Um, but uh. <laughs> anyway, I don't care what you're doing to get the players on campus because it's been happening. We're not going to go there today. Right. So, yes, get Hugh Freeze. Get him a quarterback like Keaton Salter or -hmm. someone that he can just do whatever he wants with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you're going to win games. I think you're going to ride the ship out there with a guy like Hugh Freeze. So, Tennessee fans, we, you and I have been through the coaching search, you know, too many times. And I'm telling you right now, if we were – if we – if Knoxville – had just got rid of a Scott Frost and we're considering a Hugh Freeze, <laughs> we're going to not consider him just because of his name. I'm telling you, college football fans, we were weird about this stuff. But anyway, hey, I mean, on a serious note, dude's a winner. Dude's, dude is a bit of a quarterback guru. You know what? Make the phone call. Make the call. Make the call. Vet him and make the call. Could could Hugh Freeze do better in a Starkville, Mississippi, or a Baton Rouge, Louisiana, than kind of what we saw on Saturday night? Because L- LSU's not good, and Mississippi State didn't have a good showing either. Uh, I think you and I both predicted Mississippi State to win this game. We were wrong. You know, we'll yes, take we that. Were. That's fine. Um, but tell me what you saw out of this game on Saturday night, man, a few lasting, a few lasting impressions from this game is that LSU still got some dudes 
in that defensive front or mm-hmm. that or Mississippi State may have some offensive line concerns because sure. also Miss LSU has lost a key piece, Mason Smith, mm-hmm. along that defensive line. And they were getting at Will Rogers. Yeah. And then when LSU had the ball, it, it's like they were trying to get in third to medium and third and long because they were going to this out route. Didn't matter. They they were going to the slot. Mm-hmm. He was going out and running and out on third down. And they were picking it up, and later they cashed it in. They kind of faked it a little bit, but they ran a slot fade, yeah. and that pretty much sealed the game. It was it was a nice play call, and I'm one of those guys that if the play's working, you're going to stop it before I stop calling it. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Arnett, Zach Arnett there, the D.C. at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. but I don't understand why they kept getting beat with the same thing down there. Um, yeah. and, and I know that Mike Leach – I know that Mike Leach is a stubborn guy. Mm-hmm. he's not going to change he's too old he's done what he's done successfully for too long right um but defensively and and he was very animated i mean i, I agree i think he is a good defensive coach arnett mm-hmm. but he's very animated and i just don't know why they kept getting beat with the same thing time after time and i know daniels can cause you some problems with his legs and with his arm mm-hmm. when his weapons are when his weapons are working for him but kind of scratching my head at, at mississippi state putting up 16 points 16 points on a rebuilding LSU? What? Yeah, yeah. And everybody's talked about how this is, you know, or excuse me, Leach's third year in a, in a program. You know, that's that's supposedly the year for him. Well, that was a lackluster performance. It was a, yes, it, it was, was it was it was it was a not fun game to watch. Uh, and as far as Arnett goes, the dude just looks straight cracked out. He looks like he uh, might have been born in the uh, swamps of Louisiana perhaps um he looks like he might have might have appeared on the television show swamp people yep uh shoot yep. him shoot him Elizabeth um yeah <laughs> I mean he was he was in his element down there in Baton Rouge on Saturday night. I'm telling you what telling you what he, he oh man mold down there uh you know what okay so uh let, let's shift gears here keep it in the conference here's another school after week two, we thought we kind of had these guys figured out. And I didn't, I didn't even say their name, and you're shaking your head because you know yeah. where I'm going with this. 100%. Who's Arkansas? What? I, what? <laughs> Listen, let me let's see if I can't find this uh, very quickly. Team stats. No, no, no. Yep, scoring plays. At the end of the half, they were down three to Missouri State. And they trailed 17 nothing for the better – or I'm sorry – they trailed for the better part of that first half. Yeah. Um, made some special teams plays. I know they had a punt return touchdown that was pretty, pretty, mm-hmm. uh, pretty flashy. Yeah. And you won by 11. So where are you at without that punt return touchdown? I'm telling you. And, and, you know, kind of the thing of this show is that the stats are not telling the story. And here's some numbers for you 385 passing yards for KJ Jefferson, yeah. two touchdowns, one interception. 22 carries, 167 yards for Raheem Sanders, mm-hmm. and then 40 more and another touchdown for Jefferson. Mm-hmm. That does not equal 38 points. That right. does not equal an 11-point win over Missouri State. I don't care if it's Bobby Petrino. I don't care if it's Bear Bryant. I don't care who it is. That doesn't that doesn't add up. Right. Credit to Bobby Petrino, man. Another guy that now I think I may have even texted you this, mostly in jest. That dude can coach some ball. I yep. don't think I'm going after him with a 10 to 20 foot pole right now, if I'm one of these openings, you know, unless it's a lower level, right. But dude can coach some ball. 
I just don't know what Arkansas is, though. How do you have that performance at home against Missouri State? I, I, I um, words, words, words. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, this, I, I know we made this reference several times, but this is the most 2007 season, and we're in week three. Looking at this, there's just no reason that a roster talent like Arkansas, who's well coached, who has great quarterback play, who can run the ball, who defends well, has Missouri State hanging around. But you know what? They 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 dug in, dug their heels in, and, and found a way to win. So props to them. You know, maybe Bobby Petrino is calling up Nebraska and be like, hey, listen, I, I would love this job. I hear it's really flat up there, so it's great for my motorcycle. Um, I, that's too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, who knows? I don't – because I don't know. I don't know what's happening this season. I, I don't – I don't – I don't have words. Me either. So let's uh let's let's keep it in the conference after I make a quick comment about the Pittsburgh Panthers getting their revenge game against Western Michigan and uh, starting a third string quarterback in order to do it. Any comments on that game? Hey, just glad they didn't lose to them like they did last year, coming off a win in Knoxville. Um, and it's again, I, I think I made this case on our Orange Cast last week, but maybe not. Um, but. If it took so long to play the third quarterback, the third string quarterback, um, and you go and get a win, I think that we talked about as well. This game was at Western Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of tells me a lot. Um, playing the third string guy, you re- you relied on your run game. Abana Kanda having 133 yards and another touchdown. Yeah, um, so good. I hope Pitt's good. I want Pitt to be good. I think that means great things for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they went and got it out that win with their third quarterback. Granted, nine for 12, 107. 79 yards, touchdown, no picks for Nate Yarnell. Um, again, took him a long time to play that guy because both quarterbacks were were pretty banged up against Tennessee and, and credit Tennessee for that, not for hurting them, but for getting to them, getting pressure. Um, just glad they won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them. Rooting for those guys from, from here on out. Don't have a lot to say about Pitt. Don't care. We beat you. We're done with you. Um, go win your conference. Speaking, please. I know that I said I was going to stay in the ACC, but let's actually stay in the ACC for a second and let's talk Clemson because please tell me that you saw Clemson fans storming the field. You didn't. You didn't see this. Clemson fans are rushing onto the field, y'all. Listen, listeners, listeners, buckle up. Put your make sure your seatbelts on because Clemson, <laughs> Clemson fans took the field after they upset Alabama. Wrong. No. After they destroyed a Florida State. No. Wrong. After they had their way with the best of the conference. No. After they beat La Tech. L.A. Tech. Clemson fans take the field. Comment? Um, (laughs) I mean, no! You're Clemson! I had a pretty strong reaction in our weekend preview when we're talking about the mighty Vanderbilt Commodores mm-hmm. traveling to Northern Illinois. Yeah. And I think this just took the cake. I haven't seen the footage. Um, I'm a little bummed with Clemson. Just to tell you the truth. I want you guys to be good, man. Yeah. I, want need parody. You. I need yeah. you to be good, man. I need yeah. you to give these teams that we don't like in our conference fits. And you've done that in recruiting. I need you to continue doing it on the field and you're losing me. Absolutely. You've lost me. If you're rushing the field over a law tech win, you won by 28. Why are you rushing the field? Like, it's not like you Arkansas and Missouri stated this thing. Like, what are you doing? 
Well, they kind of did because at the end of the half, it was it was it was thirteen six. That's true. It, they went on a twenty one point run in the third quarter, and both teams ended up scoring fourteen in the fourth. But listen, th- this isn't again. They didn't play Florida State. They didn't play Bama. They didn't play Georgia. They hosted La Tech. Listen, as soon as we hop off recording here, I'll try to find that clip and and, and show you where the fans are. I just – you're Clemson, man. I, you, you, you've got to be better than that. You, you are better than that. Come on, guys. Anyway, if, if you needed a laugh today, and if there's any Clemson fans out there, I know there's one of you told me you've listened before, and if you are, then I don't have any words for you because that's just bad. So That is bad. Uh, moving on, let's keep it in the conference and in the SEC – with Miami traveling to Texas A&M. I wanted this to be good. I wanted this to be good. But you know what? The point differential in this game didn't match the feeling. It never really felt to me like Miami was in it. Agreed. And it's kind of a, not a crap showing by Cristobal and the Hurricanes. But you know what? You, you're catching – if you're going to be A&M, like that was the time to do it. They're, they're time to do up, it. Absolutely not a better time to do it. I mean, they're coming off a bad loss to App State. They had, even with Max Johnson, they had bad quarterback play. He was 10 for 20, 140 yards, and a score. That's not good. You held A-chain to underneath 100. So the stat, you know, on that side of of things kind of looks good for you. So, but you just didn't play good ball. You you looked undisciplined. Uh, If I remember right, you had a couple drop passes. Um, very disappointing performance by Miami. And you know what? It's not even a great performance by Texas A&M either. They, I think A&M has another mm, two to three losses if they keep playing yeah, this way. It, it feels that way. I could also I could also just see them being the team that they've been and winning eight games because that's kind of what they've done. Mm, um, and, and they they have the talent to do it. That's – I don't want to say that's what's frustrating about it because I don't necessarily like them and I don't like Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. But there's a lot of talent. I don't care if it's young talent or whatever. Um, it, it feels like it could go one of two ways where they either fold up or they just kind of do what they've been doing. I'll say this. It feels like their ceiling is eight or nine wins, mm-hmm. but it'll be a tough path to do it. Um, but then again, when you've got Mississippi State dropping a game at LSU and you've got Arkansas let Missouri State push them, maybe, maybe the SC West isn't as good as we even close to as good as we thought it was yeah i mean who knows who knows miami is going to get a chance to bounce back next week well i say that but you know what this again this feels like 2007 they're going to host mtsu next week so i would say fans keep your eye on that keep your keep your eye close to texas a&m because who knows what in the world they're going to do i mean true that um the way this season is going they will if if two if two thousand seven is really repeating itself, they will be our national champion, and they'll have two losses, and they'll be the fourth seed in the playoff, and they'll they'll beat somebody to win a title, uh, just because that's the way that this season is currently unfolding. We've made a lot of two thousand seven references. If you're a football fan out there and you just started re- watching recently, two thousand seven is probably one of the more wild seasons ever uh, in this game when a two loss LSU wins a national title who we played in atlanta uh by the way thank you for that painful reminder um oh you have a comment uh well just to again to describe 2007 one of lsu's two losses was kentucky 
and they weren't Mark Stoops, Kentucky. They were not good Kentucky. Uh, and they beat LSU that year. Crazy game. Crazy yeah. game. Go watch it. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. But it feels like feels like that's what we're in the midst of. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, let's wind down the show. We will talk South Florida and Florida. And then, Mike, I'm going to need your strong performer of the week. All right. So let's talk Florida. And listen, I'm, I'm going to speak through the lens of a Tennessee fan here. They're bad, okay? They're they're not well. They're not good. They're they're not what we expected them to be. Anthony Richardson has has not lived up to his expectation. But I want to be really careful with my words here because I know how this goes. And um, if history is any kind of indicator, again, he will put on a Heisman campaign on Saturday when you and I are in Neyland Stadium. But you were able to keep a closer eye on this game more than I was. Tell me. I was just I just wasn't able to take my eyes off the Tennessee game yet. So tell me what you saw out of out of this game, out of Anthony Richardson. Period. Um, yeah, what I saw in this game really surprised me because South Florida, they've been they've had good years within the last decade to 15, and they've had some really, really bad years. Um, they've added a we've talked about this. They added Gary Bohannon from Baylor mm-hmm. and he played a his, his stat line won't reflect it. 12 for 28 passing, not great. Uh, two interceptions, not good. Um, but what really killed them was, honestly, completing simple snaps to the football. They had a late snap that trickled underneath Bohannon's legs and went back and set up a longer field goal than it should have been. That would have sent this game potentially to overtime. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even notice this real time because I was kind of nervous for him. Um, the on the snap to the attempt to tie the game late, the snap, <laughs> the kicker, I'm sorry, the holder mm-hmm. catches the ball flat. Yeah. The ball is not upright. Right. Kicker tries to kick it. Actually a pretty valiant effort for the mess yeah. that it was. Um, but man, they ran for almost 300 yards, 6.2 yeah. per carry on average uh, against this Florida team. And something that we may have not talked about so far is Ventrell Miller missing some time there, the linebacker for Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Dan Mullen's recruiting and, and lack thereof is really showing because they they had no business being in a 60-minute ball game that they arguably should have lost with South yeah. Florida. Yeah. I will say if, if Anthony Richardson is that dude, okay, if he is the second coming of Cam Newton, if he is, you know – Jesus 5.0, whatever that, I mean, this, I mean, jokes aside, the expectations on him coming in the season were just unfair and stupid. That would have been the game that he took over and he did. Because he made plays against this USF team last year. Um, he made a pretty ludicrous throw on the sideline and in almost every game he was in last year, he made some plays with his feet and he only had 24 yards rushing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have good running backs, and they they are very sound at, at running the way that they run the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, they ha- it seems like they do it out of about four to five different plays, but they're really strong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they get those guards pulled over from one side or the other, whichever way they're going, and they do a really good job. Uh, Montreal Johnson, I've talked about Louisiana, should hate Napier for taking the all-conference offensive guard, Torrance and Montreal Johnson from Louisiana, but he's a really patient, really sound runner. Um, and yeah. he has the capability to hurt probably any team on the schedule. If the blocks set up the way that they have at times for this team. Yeah. 
coming out of this game for Florida, as a Tennessee fan, I know we're going to talk about this later on, on an orange cast, but I, I have to like it. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to see this through not a historical lens. I, I have to like it because Florida just didn't look good. You know, they, they you know what they did find a way to win it, but if that hold is right the ball probably goes through the uprights and so they're now staring at overtime um i don't know uh florida coming out of that utah win i went crap they're good because they beat they beat a good utah team and in the past two weeks it's been what and and again richardson more tackles than touchdown passes so don't have a lot to to say about Florida other than, you know, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That interception he threw over the middle. Um, and not, not that his interceptions this year have been like, Hey, I understand what he was seeing there. You know, good play by the defense. That interception he threw over the middle. That was, so was horrendous. Was I mean, so he just, bad. it's like he glanced at it and then he just tried to flick his wrist and, wills the ball across the middle there and i think i could have made the interception there which is saying a lot um that was terrible um i i don't know i don't know if regression's a fair word because he didn't play a ton last year and he turned the ball over when he did play yeah. but they've got a hundred thousand assistant coaches on that florida staff not sure if you're aware yeah. listeners if you're not aware look into it it's kind of hilarious how is somebody not coaching him up to be better than he's been so far i don't i don't quite get I, I don't know. The, going back to the pick that you just mentioned there for a second, a lot of guys throw that ball, and th- that ball looks the way it does because they threw it off of their back foot. They didn't shift their weight. They didn't turn their hips. Therefore, the ball has no velocity. But anyway, for one, the guy wasn't open. No. Two, I don't think he had either feet on either foot on the ground. Agreed. I'm pretty sure he was airborne. And so I'm going, hey, dude, give me that on Saturday. Give me that. Give me that dude. So, Give me that dude. Uh, very, very underwhelming performance uh, by Florida, which I think we mainly have Tennessee and Georgia listeners. And so that means everybody's here for it. <laughs> Agreed. And, hey, you told me you wanted to talk about Florida's mentality coming off a win here. So I want to hear about that. Okay, yes. So I think the best case – scenario for us was basically what happened uh what i'm getting at is that game could have ended in in two ways one the way that it did in kind of a relieving oh my god that's over we made it out alive thank the lord or a devastating heartbreaking you know let's say that usf kicks that field goal they go into overtime florida takes first possession they're held to a field goal you know bohannon runs it in and 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 wins that way i i like their mentality coming out of this win more than i do that scenario loss for one i don't see a florida a program like this just kind of losing back-to-back games like that losing to a South Florida, and then turn around and losing to a Tennessee. So give me a Florida, okay, who is now looking at this going, we can play bad and win. Give me a Florida that is going, you know what, that was not our best performance, but we found a way to do it. All right, let's go to Knoxville, as opposed to a, you know, um, 
uh, a uh, a loss after South Florida going crap. We've got stuff to fix. Let's we got to change the mentality. You know, you, does that kind of make sense? Like, there's a whole mentality shift. I think if they lose that game, and I don't want them off of a loss. I don't. I'd rather have them off of the of this of this win, just because kind of the way that they did it, going, hey, we can we can play bad and and not play up you know, as well as we can and still turn out wins and look at Tennessee and go, Hey, we beat those guys for how many years now? That's what we do. Yeah. It's what we do. And so give me that, give, give me that. Um, And you know what? There, there's no scientific evidence to that, but I I will say, I'm going to use an example from Friday night. I am, I am, I'm on the sideline for a high school football game and we're, we have traveled to an away team, to an away team who's pretty good. Uh, they've been pretty good over the over the of the course of my time there, and there's not a lick of energy in the room, bro. I, I mean, not on their side of the stadium, not on our side of the stadium. So I go into the locker room and I stand on the bench and I'm like, "Listen, boys, there ain't there ain't no energy in this stadium. Why don't you bring it? Why don't you be the one to throw the first punch? Why don't you be?" But uh, I hope none of these guys are listening. But it, it just didn't happen. Um, Nobody wanted to throw a punch. And so I'm kind of hoping that's Florida's mentality. I, I hope those two things, I hope those dots connect with that story. I'm just hoping that Florida's going, it's Tennessee, you know. We're Florida. We, we win. It's what we do. It's, we do good wins. We have bad wins. It's who we are. Give me that. Because I, I like Heupel's approach in that situation. I, and I think he's going to be – on Saturday, listen, boys, it's time to lick your chops. Get after that cue. It's time to sling it. It's time. I, I don't. Know. This is not the Orange Cast, so I, I kind of want to leave that. Leave that there. Yeah. But, but hey, we need to we need to shift gears for a second as we close down shop on this episode. It's time for the Pandemonium Reigns Strong Performer of the Week. I said, are you strong? They said, I'm strong if you strong. I said, we strong, man. Mike, you got a strong performer, performance, a team, a play. What do you have for me? There's a team that we talked about that pulls at my heartstrings. Oh, And okay. thus, they're getting my strong performance of the week. It goes to two guys specifically, um, but I think I could make a case for however many dudes are on this team. Um, and the two dudes that get my strong performance of the week are Christian Horn and Chase Bryce. Sorry if I stole your thunder on that. You did. I, I could, stole my thunder. I could see you wanting to go that direction with this. <laughs> um, but, man, there's there's not a bad vibe in the room if you watch that clip of that Hail Mary where, where yeah. Horn trails the play, catches yeah. it, takes it around the pile. Just there's not a bad vibe in North Carolina right now with that. So that's my strong performance. You know, it's 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 hard to to not go that route because of, of just the the gravity, you know, of that of that one play. Well, since you're forcing me to shift here, I, I did have a, a, a plan B. I don't love it, uh, but I'm going to give my strong performance of the week to the entire Penn State football team. Uh, listen, Jordan Hare is a hostile stadium, and you went in and you shut him up. Auburn helped you. <laughs> Auburn's football <laughs> team helped you. Uh, they were not very good, but props to a Penn State for traveling 
quite a long distance going into a hostile environment that is Auburn and saying, you don't want none of this. And I don't know if you saw this either. Doing their little Penn State chant right yeah. there in Jordan Hare. Uh, almost as bad. Uh, probably not as bad. Hang on. Let me think about these words. I just remember being in Charlotte in 2018. You remember this? Yep. When Tennessee and West Virginia played and, and hearing country roads. It was loud. It was very Never loud. Never been a big fan of Will Greer, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, good choice on the strong performer of the week. Any any last comments on week three? If you if you had to sum up week three in a statement or in a word, how would you how'd you do it? Yeah, um, not to be a dead horse, but 07, baby. That's that's <laughs> what this week was. Yeah. Um so fun. Um just just we're going to be a third of the way through the season once week four is completed. So folks, whether you're listening to this podcast, whether you're thinking, Oh my gosh, can we not play a team like Akron or Missouri state or whatever? Mm-hmm. Enjoy every second of it. Absolutely. Eat it up, man. Cause Absolutely. it's going to be over before you know it. Yeah. The weekend was filled with womp womps and what? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Appy state. Well, hey, that's going to be the end of this episode. Stick around because if you scroll up just a little bit on your podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you're going to see a special Orange Cast coming at you. And if you're not a Tennessee fan, listen anyway. Do us a favor. You want to help us? Hit the little blue buttons. Hit the little subscribe buttons. Hit the listen buttons. Hit the play buttons. Share with your friends. We love you, and we know that you love us. So just do us a favor, man. and or woman, whoever you are, don't want to misgender you. Um, <laughs> I'm too far. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for your support. Thanks for listening. Week three was uh, reminiscent of, of 2007. It held a lot. Uh, again, this episode was a bit of a waga, waga, waga. But sometimes that waga, waga is really fun. Uh, so says Happy State. Anyways, that's going to be all for Pandemonium Reigns. Thank you so much for letting us tickle those ears. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Love you guys.